Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Gear QA Live episode number 97, getting close to 100 episodes we'll talk about. In 98, 99, I think we'll, at least 98, we'll talk about what we're going to do for 100. We'll do something. Uh, I'm not sure what yet. Uh, if you guys have suggestions, you can always put them out. Um, but we have a couple ideas we just haven't confirmed. We want to do something cool. 100 episodes seems pretty cool. Seems fun. It's a lot of, a lot of QA and talking episodes. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff on the list this week. Uh, probably more so than any other week. Plus a lot of questions. I see a, a lot of us already on. And uh, and I want to talk about a lot of stuff because we have exciting announcements. I think you're going to get used to this for 2019. We're really putting a lot of work out. First thing I want to tell everybody, just in case it comes up, you guys have a question. There was no videos this week. Yes, there was no videos this week. There was a reason why, and it's all for the good. It's um, I am on several projects right now, and uh, these are big projects that will have, uh, hopefully, for me, very fulfilling dividends with the idea of uh, the content I've created. So these, uh, I, I decided uh, for some reason to take on a bunch of videos that are a little bit bolder and bigger than my normal type of videos. And each one is taking a lot of work and I don't want to release any of them until all of them are done. So that's what's going on with that. And uh, on that note, we'll do, uh, while you guys are hopping on and I see questions, um, do a couple announcements. The first announcement that I'm excited to announce is that there's a, uh, if you go to the website, knowyourgear.net, you'll see a Sharpen My Axe page uh, that's starting. But more importantly, there'll be a link in that as well. But there's a link in this video with the new Sharpen My Axe Facebook page. Uh, a couple of you asked if we would do a Sharpen My Axe Facebook page, like a community center for you guys to post pictures of the guitars and bases that you're working on. And, uh, you know, and that lets me kind of peruse it and, and all of us kind of look and maybe if you have questions, I can throw an answer out and if and maybe I'll post what I'm working on, but, uh, already I've kind of just, just announced it, you know, very lightly. And there's already a bunch of people on there posting really cool stuff. I posted some stuff. I, I think it's cool. Again, uh, I know a lot of you are doing cool stuff to your guitars now. And uh, whether that was inspired by this channel or not, I think it's a cool idea just to share with others. I think it's cool to see ideas. So I just want to let you know that's happening. Let me cross that off the list. So check that out. Um, oh, and uh, and uh, Andre is talking about pick of the day. If you guys follow on Instagram, I'm doing a thing called pick of the day where I show you a different pick. Today's pick of the day actually comes up for some reason. It releases after the live show today, but it's coming up today uh, where I just want to show a pick. I have unique picks, interesting things. I have guitar picks. I have over a year's worth to provide. So I thought I would do it every day. I'm glad you like it. And Andrea, I also do that on Facebook. If you guys go to the Facebook, know your gear page. That was a big announcement too with Facebook. We hit 10,000 likes on the Facebook page. That's pretty big uh, for us. Uh, so I'm, I'm proud of that. And I'm, I thank you guys for that. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So cool information. And thank you, uh, Andre. That was cool. I forgot all about the pick of the day to announce that we're doing that. The other thing about uh, uh, Sharp Max, the only thing, the other thing about the uh, Instagram to note is uh, the song of the week. Um, I perform the song of the week. You know, I just play a little bit of it so that you guys can see what I'm doing with it. Uh, so the Brian Adams song we did last week, we'll talk about that in a minute. I put that on Instagram and uh, maybe it's time to announce uh, what's going to be this song of the week. I also want to see if right now would be a good time to comment. <laughs> so let me pull my hand for the camera. Comment. How did you guys do? Did you guys, anybody learn the song? They enjoy the song. Um, I like said, I had a blast. I hope some of you guys did. Um, and, uh, the, 
The song of the week is already in the link in the description. Uh, I picked Blackbird because, of course. Uh, and um, what I did is uh, I put the link to the tabs. So it's a little tricky to play for the beginners, but the intermediates and advances will have no problem with it. And I also put the chords down there. So there's a separate link for the chords. If you just are if you're at that level, just go ahead and use chords. And then I put a video for Shut Up, Let's Play, which is a great YouTube channel. If you want to learn to play certain songs and stuff and certain stuff, just check out that channel. But I put the link to that, uh, how to play it as well. And, uh, and sometime in the next week, I'll put uh, on Instagram where I am with the song and how I, how I chose to do it. So Mike says, awesome choice. I'm glad. You know, I, I hope you guys please understand with the choices. I'm going to probably be sporadic and strange with them. I might pull a country song and a metal song. I, I don't know. I have no logic to this other than I'm trying to think of things that are either classics that maybe we should learn if you don't know it already and stuff maybe uh, you never heard of. I don't know. So I like I said. Uh, yeah, it's uh, creep by Radiohead would be a future song. So you guys know, definitely put comments of songs you would like to, uh, to learn or share with people. I have no problem with that. It's, it's not going to be an easy thing every week. It's, it's, it sounds easy. Just pick a song, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, it's going to be tough to pick songs every week. So suggestions would definitely help. Um, uh, James, you know what, James, a great question. And I'm going to, uh, talk about it cause I know James, I'm pretty sure you've, I've seen your comments out there and i've never been able to respond to him uh james says phil why do you not have uh no any reviews on vox stuff ac15 and a base uh versus a base breaker well, that would be cool you know um james i don't know i think it's because when i started my youtube channel i had access to vox stuff but i didn't do any and now i don't have access to vox stuff um so that's a that's a good point. Um, I like the uh, Vox AC15. I'm not making this up. I was looking last night online on Reverb at a used Vox AC15, um, and I was thinking I think it was like five. Maybe it was used. I mean, maybe it was new. I don't remember. It was like five ninety nine, and I was thinking it was pretty good. Maybe I maybe I need a Vox in my life. I'm not sure. It's tough, you know. It's it's like you got to justify not only the purchases but the room for the purchase and all that stuff. But I can tell you, James, if I could. Uh, get my hands on some Vox stuff to review and, d and demo and check out, I would do it. So maybe I'll, when I'm at NAMM this year, I can try to, you know, kind of get the Vox guys to send some stuff out. That'd be cool. Uh, if not, I'll figure out something else. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shut up. Let's talk says, Hey, they copied my name. Yeah. It's shut up. Just let's play, right? Just play. Shut up. Let's shut up. Let's talk. And there's this shut up. Just play. Uh, but yeah, very similar. Very sure. For sure. Very cool. Okay. Um, I have some pin questions. Let me hit those real fast. Uh, there's already 500 people on. Let's see. Pin questions. Where do they go? Uh, and then again, lots of announcements, lots of stuff. And uh, let's hit a couple of these pin ones real fast. And the first one's from Andrew says, Hey, Phil, thanks for emailing me back uh, about the guitar I built as a kid. Yeah, that was a cool guitar. And um, I appreciate you talk, uh, taking the time out of your day to respond. Yeah, what you guys will notice with responses is Mike does a lot of responses. I do a lot of responses. Um, Mike, of course, is doing more responses than I am um, because he's better at it. He's faster at it. Um, I try to respond. I can't say to everybody, but I try to respond to as much as possible. 
And, uh, and what's funny is, is I, I, and Andrew this is a good example. Uh, and I just had this happen with another uh, viewer uh, this week. He sent me a response. He sent the email like a couple weeks ago and I just got it. That was the day I got to it. I'm, I'm doing, we're doing them in order. It's just, you know, sometimes the problem is, and just so you guys know, sometimes we can go days without doing emails because you got other stuff you got to do. It just takes your time up. So like this week I took one day and I just did nothing but emails. And that's why you got a response. I, I was clearing emails the entire day. And uh, so was Mike. And we just we couldn't get through them. Um, it doesn't mean don't send anything. I appreciate everything you guys send. Trust me. Uh, it's, it's, it's just great to connect with people about something we all love guitar. Sean Brown, as is typical, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Phil is my birthday. day. is not <laughs> says uh tone knob was loose. So we put super glue underneath it. Don't do that. Uh, when your knobs are loose and stuff, there's all kinds of other stuff you can use besides glues. Uh, you can use all kinds of tape wraps, the tele, uh, telephone, telephone wraps. <laughs> I don't even want to, I don't even want to say cellophane. Uh, what do I want to say? Um, like plumber's tape. <laughs> so anyways, uh, you can use all kinds of stuff like that. Don't use glues, but I understand you already did it. The glue dripped, which is why you don't want to use it. And it says glue has covered the pot. And now the tone knob is stuck on 10. How do I fix it? He's asking for a friend. Okay. So here's the easy part. Well, the good thing about glue, super glue is although it's very strong, it's also brittle. It, it, so you can crack it. So sometimes a little pressure and you can crack it. I don't know. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying sometimes I will easily. That's my first thing I want to try to do is put some pressure on it. See if I can crack it loose. Now, that being said, here is my uh, you can also use uh, absinthe or, or just a fingernail polish remover to uh, kind of break down the glue and remove it. Those are all suggestions. I'm not telling you to do those things. I'm going to tell you what I would do in this situation. I would remove the tone knob and replace it. It's fast and easy. I promise. It's faster than any of that stuff. If for some, there's no reason, there's no super glue that I've ever seen that will bond the nut onto a, a tone pot where you can't just crack it off with your socket wrench. So I would just take the nut off, the washer off, pop the tone knob through, solder on a brand new tone knob for five bucks, put it through. If the if your answer is going to be so you know, Sean, that you don't have a soldering gun or you don't have uh, some of the tools, well. This is a good time to buy the tools because what I will tell you is this: all the tools I promise you that that you you that you will use for this project, you will use again in your life. Tools are uh, constant; things break, screws fall out all the time. It's an imperfect world. Um, and then Cheddar Kung Pao, what do you think of the Earthquake Device's Swiss thing? Crazy all-in-one pedal board uh, device thingy. Thanks for being awesome. Thanks for being awesome to you, Cheddar. Uh, congratulations on a thousand subscribers today, by the way, Cheddar. It wasn't today, but I'm, I'm congratulating you today. On the Earthquaker device, the Swiss thing, I have no idea. All I saw was on Instagram that they were releasing it, and it was top secret, and then I never saw what it looked like. So uh, this is kind of the first I'm hearing about it. So it's an all-in-one pedal board device. Kind of sounds cool. So I, I, I don't know. I will check it out, though, and I'll put a link uh, to where you guys can check it out when I index this video. And then let's take a break from the pen questions because I got a thing I got to show you guys because last week, uh, which is not in, not impossible, I made a mistake. It happens. Uh, <laughs> uh, last week, somebody asked me about the Epiphone DC Pro. Uh, so let me share with you real quick. And I showed you one that I found on Reverb. It was the fastest thing I could find. I learned a lesson. Maybe not find the first thing you can find on the internet. 
<laughs> By the way, everything leads, uh, you know, it's like when you go to medical uh, uh, resources online, you're always going to find, don't don't take the first answer. Uh, this is the DC Pro. It's a new product uh, by Epiphone. They re-released it, I should say. It's something they did before. And uh, I thought the green one was kind of cool. Let me show you the green one. So, uh, you know what I think? Very PRS vibe, very Hamer vibe, very, uh, even uh, Yamaha had a guitar. Didn't, didn't uh, Santana play an Epiphone that looked like this or something like that? I might have it mixed up in my head um this also reminds me of baker guitars you guys remember baker guitars they had this 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 part not the bottom um but all that being said i dig it i i don't know why I, it's something about this guitar i dig in fact this feels like one of the first epiphones that i've seen besides uh epiphones that look like gibson's that uh i don't know i'm drawn to it i'm curious i'd like to put my hands on one i'd like to see what the prices are uh and see if it's something i i you know i'm interested in but it looks cool. Like if it was a Gibson, I'd own it. So obviously it's an Epiphone, I'd own it. It's different. Um, I like it because it falls into that category right now. Half you guys are disgusted with it. And half of you are loving it. <laughs> and those are sometimes the best stuff to have because, you know, because it's nice. It's nice to invoke some kind of emotion. Uh, sometimes I don't like stuff and sometimes I do. This I happen to, I kind of dig it. Um, what else do we have going on? So wait, let me cross that off my list of things, which was to re-talk about that Epiphone. By the way, thank you to every single one of you who put a comment on the video this week. Hey, Phil, by the way, this is what I think they were asking you about. Uh, I do read through the comments and stuff, and it was it was really nice of you. And if you guys ever notice when you link stuff, just, just telling you guys, you know, when you link stuff, when you put comments that would links things and you don't see it, it's because YouTube will automatically spam block that for the channel, and then I have to go through and approve links. It's because a lot of people spam with links, you know, right? I don't, you know, they don't want you to, like, link it to your Amway site or whatever it is. As now I've offended the Amway people, but that's okay. Uh, it's uh, I didn't mean it. That's that's, that's the important part. Uh, anyways, um, so that's so that just again, thank you guys so much for that, and be be aware that uh, uh, um, if you do that, I will get to it. Uh, Hallface says I like Epiphone having its own models. You know. I love Hallface exactly what you're saying. That's what I, you know what you said, you articulated it better than I could. That's what I'm saying. I think Epiphone has, in my mind, commanded itself as a brand. And I know it started as a high-end brand. I know you guys are going to put that in the comments. Hey, Phil, it was a high-end brand before. That's not what's relevant. What's relevant now is this. You have a lot of players who started with Epiphones, and they didn't grow out of them. You know what I mean? I see rock bands all the time. I see bands, period. I go to places, you see bands, and they're still playing Epiphones. They like Epiphones. I like Epiphones. So um, I, I agree. I would actually like it if Epiphones slowly step out of the shadow of Gibson a little bit, right? Why not have its own identity? It can still make the, the Les Paul and the SG kind of style guitars, but why not give Epiphone its own identity? It's something I think they've tried in the past a couple times. If you go through the history of Epiphone, there's definitely some strange guitars in the Epiphone history uh, that stuck out. But um, maybe at those times, they weren't. it wasn't right. You know, timing is everything, right? It wasn't the right time for Epiphone to stand out on its own. To be honest with you, uh, a, a 1990s Phil McKnight would not have considered an Epiphone as being a uniquely interesting product. I would think as a as a younger player, I would have looked at it as everything Epiphone was inexpensive. And now I look at Epiphone as being something I could actually gig with. I don't know if that's uh, experience talking or Epiphone's marketing working. I don't know. <laughs> so there you go. Um, what else do we got? The... 
trying to see if I want to jump into another question or hit a subject. Yeah, see, uh, Michael's talking about the Epiphone Cornet. Yeah, Cornet. It was that was a great guitar. Uh, very collectible today, believe it or not. Right? This is cool. You guys can check that out. I, I'll maybe I'll link it later when I read through this, but it, if not, it's a cool guitar. It's out there, different. Okay. On that note, let's see if we got another subject to talk about. We did song of the week. We did that. Let's cross that off. Uh, where are we on in time? Okay, I know it's early on, so I don't want to hit too many things too fast. Um, oh, news. Let's talk a sec. We're going to do a news section. Big news this week that was interesting to me, and maybe you guys saw it or don't didn't see it, but maybe know about it. Bigsby Bridges, which was owned by Fred Gretsch, was sold off to Fender. And I've done many videos about Fender and Gretsch and how, if you guys watch those videos, you know that Fender does not own Gretsch. Fred Gretsch owns Gretsch, but Fender manufactures, sells, and distributes Gretsch, which is different than owning it, <laughs> right? They're the jobbing company. They take care of it. But what's important in this announcement is that Fender bought Bigsby from Fred Gretsch. So even though Fred Gretsch owns still grown Gretsch, Fender now owns Bigsby. My question to you guys is why? It's an interesting move. Maybe is it to help Fred Gretsch financially? Maybe liquidate some some unused assets and draw. You know, maybe he hey maybe he wants some money. Maybe it's as simple as that. He put it up for sale, and Fender thought we better buy it before somebody else is. I think that's a logical point. But or did Fender ask him to sell it, or did Fender want it as an asset? But more importantly, that's all the business side of it. Let's talk about the gear side of it. Do you think now that Fender owns, well, let me put it this way. Fender bought Groove Tubes, and now Groove Tubes are a standard feature on Fender amplifiers. Very rarely do you see non-Groove tube, uh, Tubes in Fender amplifiers. That being said, I think we're going to see some Bigsby Fenders. What do you guys think? Probably as early as this summer NAM, I think, right? A lot of people complain that Fender does not make a lot of Bigsby Tellies. I don't think that'll be a problem anymore. So... Michael Socia says, first time watching. Hey, Michael. So you guys see what I'm saying? I think, uh, yeah, see, Michael uh, Michael says, but Fender doesn't put Bigsby on their guitars. Well, that's, think about this. The main reason Fender probably doesn't put Bigsby on guitars is because either they have to pay the licensing to use a licensed Bigsby or they got to buy a Bigsby. And those bridges have a much higher price than if Fender was just a manufacturer of their own bridge. So again, it's a cost issue in some cases. Uh, maybe it's also a branding issue. Fender doesn't want to help brand anybody, right? The old days, the old logic has been forever put brands on your brand to enhance your brand. Let me give an example. Take a Fender guitar, add Seymour Duncans, add, uh, add a, uh, like a, if it's a bass, a badass bridge, uh, or hip shot tuners or shawlers, right? You add components that have value and they increase the value of your, your instrument. But at some point, brands like Fender, I assume, become so big and so powerful that they feel like, hey, look, what's more powerful, Fender or Schaller? Well, then let's put Fender tuning keys on there. What's more powerful, Fender or, or Seymour Duncan? Fender. Let's put Fender pickups in there. And I think that's where that a lot of stuff happens that way. And um, and so basically what I'm saying is, is now that they own Bigsby, I think they're going to probably put it. Somebody says, right, raise the price of Bigsby's for their competitors. Um, Yeah, you know what? I don't think so. Uh, you might be right, Chatter. Uh, but you know, I think everybody always thinks about companies kind of taking product they buy like that and then making it harder for competitors to get it. 
No, no. What I think most companies look for is what they a uh, win-win where they put on their product, they make money and they sell it to somebody else and they make money. They just want to make money. They, it's not an ego trip. You know, it's not about taking something away from their competitors. It's about making sure that every time their competitor makes a buck, they make a dime. Think about that. Fender makes a buck when they sell a guitar and they make a dime when anybody else does it is not a bad business model uh, that anybody would ever be upset with. But again, that's more the business side and less of the fun uh, guitar kind of gear side. I'm really excited about this. I, I like you guys to put in the comments things that you think, <laughs> not that Fender would ever watch or care about this, things you think they should stick a Bigsby on now. Obviously a Bigsby Telly, but a Bigsby Jazzmaster would be cool. I've seen them do stuff like that in the past, right? Stick a Bigsby. Will Fender do a hollow body again? Fender's messed with hollow bodies many times over the years and with without any great success. But maybe with a Bigsby on there, like a, a Gretsch-style Fender. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be cool. So we'll do that. In the meantime, let's do some pin questions. We got some, some chat questions that I got pinned up here. Let's see. Uh, the next one comes from, as soon as I find it, uh, Bob Crosley. Hey, Bob, what's up? Says, hey, uh, says, ha hey, Phil, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Looking to buy a 24 fret dual humbucker guitar for rock and some metal. Which one to pick? Used Schecter C1 Plus, used PRSSE Standard 24, or a new Harley Benton uh, PRS Standard uh, clone to mod. All right. Um, in this, I'm, I'm a fan of Schecter. I'm a fan of PRS, obviously. I'm, I like Harley Benton, but it, you're comparing the Harley Benton to the Schecter and the PRS. In the, in, at the end of the day, to me, the Schecter is a Schecter, the PRS is a PRS, and a Harley Benton is a copy of those things. So uh, I prefer Schecter or PRS. I have my Schecter right here. This is my Schecter I use, which is my Hellraiser. It's a great guitar. Look at that. Look at how gorgeous that guitar is. And these guitars, like I think everybody knows, I paid like 250 to 300 bucks used for this, right? With the uh, EMGs in it. Uh, you can find them for deals. I, I like the purple. I didn't want purple. Purple was the deal. So I bought it. I didn't, I wasn't looking for a lot to invest in a guitar. I was looking for something with EMGs. I think you can find really good guitars, uh, PRS and Schecter guitars that are in a price range that make you comfortable, that are good quality. I don't think you have to buy the Harley Benton. That's what I think. I like, but I like said, and maybe it sounds political to me. Maybe it's too politicianal <laughs> to, to, to praise all three brands like I'm praising them. But as much as I want to say nice things all about all three, I will tell you this. I like Schecter. I like PRS. Uh, when you say the PRS SE Standard 24, obviously we're sharpening. Oh, it's not there. Oh, it is there. It's uh, being the sharp. It's getting sharpened and it's almost done. And uh, like it too. Of the two, though, I prefer my Schecter just because I like it. It's got a cool vibe. Um, maybe I'll have a different opinion when the SE's all sharpened up. Uh, don't Tony just did a super chat. Oh, you just did it for no reason. Thanks, buddy. He said, just paying back for all the info. Thank you, buddy. I, it's like, like I said, it's a nice little, it's like a band. I feel like, like I said, it's a live show. It's like a live band. Got a little tip jar. You guys put it in there. It's like, I'll be your barista today. I'll make you coffee. Speaking of which, it was time to drink coffee. Okay, so, uh, okay, Neil's got a question. It says, hey, Phil, looking at the Vox AC30, your thoughts, yes or no, on tube rectifier? I like bluesy rock tones. So would you go Alnico Blue or Greenback speakers? I've I've liked both in those amps. Um, I would probably, me personally, pr prefer the Alnico Blues only because I have amps with Greenbacks in them and I like the vibe of those amps. And if I was putting an, an AC, well, I can tell you this, if I got an AC15, I would probably put an Alnico Blue in it just because, the, you know, I mean, it's cool. But I, but I don't know, man, both, 
both speakers sound great. I, I, I lean to an El Nico Blue. Stuff like this, I love these guys. When you guys, anytime I, somebody's asked me a personal question like this, where it's not so general, if you have experience, if you have an AC30 and you've done this, speak up, say something, right? Sometimes I've done it so I can say, sometimes I can only guess. This is all guessing. And so sometimes it's better to hear somebody out there say, hey, this is what I tried. This is what I didn't like. This is what I did like. Uh, and, and Neil, I'm sure like a lot of people, their questions here, they're going to come back and look later on the video and see what you guys posted. So it's great to have a community of resources. Uh, Mark Parker says, you're my hero. You know, Mark, you're my hero just for saying something so nice. That's really cool, man. Thanks. Um, uh, it's an always awkward to, you know, I, I always feel, I always feel like extremes are too tough for me. People who are too angry or too nice always makes me feel a little awkward. Uh, but you know, you, you, I, I always take a compliment. How about that? Thank you for the compliment. Um, Okay, what else? I'm going to do some non-pin questions. I know there's a lot of you guys now. It's uh, 770 of us. Um, you know what? Now it's a good time to do. It's that halfway mark. Let's do. We're going to do a giveaway. Yes, I have craziness. Uh, I told you guys it was going to be a crazy year. Not only do we have song of the week now for those of you that just want a suggestion of a song that you can learn or not learn each week. Um, I wanted to do something different. I'm going. I wanted to review some online lesson programs. And what happened was I reached out to Tim Pierce and Tyler Larson, Robert Baker, David Wallman, all, all four of them graciously agreed to allow me to check out their lesson programs. And while checking out some of their lesson programs that have sent me so far, what I realized was it's really tough for me to get a beat on this in a, in a fair way. So I came up with an idea and I hope you guys like it because I love the idea. The first one we're going to talk about is Tyler Larson. In fact, I'm wearing my music is gear is win shirt. Woohoo, gear is win. So <laughs> my my coat uh coat, the shirt I made for me and Tyler, we have matching shirts. Um, anyways, why why what are we gonna do? So here's what I I, I got. I have I have two lifetime membership uh to Tyler Larson's lesson program that he's so graciously given me to give to you. That's very cool of him, by the way. You know, he, he uh, just very cool of him. So what does that mean? Well, I've decided one will go to patron. The patrons are going, are seeing that they will be picked for one of the participants and the other one will be you guys. And what I need is this. If you would like to today, we'll pick a winner today before we leave. If you would like to win a lifetime membership to Tyler Larson's lesson program, I would like to give one away, but it has a really, really hard condition. And here's the condition. On February 15th, which is the Friday, the middle of next month, a little over 30 days from now, you will join me for the first five, maybe 10 minutes tops of that live show, both of you. Just like, you know, when you guys see, you know, we'll have you on Google Hangouts. You'll have to know how to do Google Hangouts. I'll help you. And I'm going to ask you 10 questions to review the program. And you're going to give me your feedback. Two different people give us feedback. And I think it'll be very enlightening because this is something that you've never seen. You've never seen reviews on these programs. And I think it'll be interesting to see two different people. I figure if it's two people, we'll get, well, and especially with the questions, I already have the questions formulated. They're already, you know, um, so, so if you're interested in winning that, um, what we'll do is, uh, I don't know. How's the best way to give it away? <laughs> well, first of all, you got to be willing to think about this for a second. I'll give you guys a few minutes while we go to the next topic to think about this. We'll come back to it at 340, uh, which is in 14 minutes. Uh, I'll come back to uh, 
uh, you know, picking a winner, but I really need you guys to understand that I, it's really important that you can join me on that episode because I need both of you to join February. It's the same time, same Friday, February 15th. And I need you for five or 10 minutes, uh, to answer 10 questions and no, nothing. I'm not going to grill you. Just going to ask you your, some of your impressions. So maybe you guys can give us some, and, and here's what I plan to do. If this works, I would like to do this for not all of them, but as many of the YouTube lesson programs and type programs like this as we can. And it'd be a good way to see what's out there and get you guys some experience and maybe see, you know, see, you know, get us thinking more in music. You know what I mean? Not just always about the pedals and the amps, which are definitely cool and worth talking about, but music is important too. Okay. So on that note, let me do some pen questions. We'll come back to it while you guys are looking at your calendars and figuring out if you're able to do stuff like that so you can try to win. And uh, Mike Larson uh, says, ever heard of ASG guitars? I have not. Um, but I, I will tell you this, Mike. What I've noticed is this. Every time somebody has to be if they've heard of a guitar, I always feel like I'm going to not hear of this guitar because there's so many guitar brands. And every time somebody asks me, I'm like, I don't know. But what I love about this is because you asked me, I'm going to Google it. Just like if you guys ever look anytime in the back of these uh, videos, uh, I always Google it. I always link to the website. I check them out. And if you look at the index later, you don't have to watch the whole video. I timestamp all these questions, all this stuff as much as I can. Uh, I think last week or the week before, somebody said I missed some questions. Um, that was my son's birthday. It was like two weeks ago, my son's birthday. So when I indexed the stuff, I I was in a hurry. You know what I mean? I I only it takes sometimes an hour to half to two hours to do the index, and so I I was, you know, sometimes you don't always give a hundred percent. Sometimes you get the ninety percent day. <laughs> the dirty things that we don't like to talk about. That ninety percent work day. All right, uh, Argoth. Man, that's as good as I'm doing. Argoth, I uh, hope I'm saying it right, uh, says, you like uh, King Gizzard uh, and Lizard Wizard. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I wanted to say it as soon as I saw it. I like King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. I don't know what that is, but it's awesome. Uh, King Gizzard. <laughs> so, uh, shut up, let's talk, says, girlfriend tried to clean my Squire P base, but opened the pick card and disconnected the white wire inside. Yeah, that happens, man. You know what? That's no stress at all. What's great about a P base is it's about is no, there's not about. It is the absolute easiest electronics to fix in the world. There is nothing easier. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Shut up. Let's talk. This is a good time. You get yourself a uh, soldering iron and you get yourself some strippers and uh, stripping, you know, pliers <laughs> and, uh, and, um, you go online, type in P-Base schematic, and you fix it, man. That's easy. I, I don't even need to teach you that. This is, is this is where I would send you to start uh, if you're going to fix that stuff. So the wire is disconnected, reconnect it, just solder back on. Stri uh, strip off a little of the wire, cut it, strip a little wire off, solder it. That's how you do it. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, and if you if you don't have any of those tools, um, you know, that's what Amazon's for. You can find really dirt cheap tools like that. I have no problem with cheap tools for one's for one time, two time uses like this. Like I said, that's why you buy that stuff. So just get a little soldering and a soldering iron. You could probably get a little soldering iron kit and fix it. So, and I would imagine, unless you know a good shop and a good repair person that has a rapport with you, that's willing to do the work real quick, solder it on for free, uh, whatever they would charge you, uh, that's probably what it's going to cost to just buy those tools and do it yourself. That's super easy. The wires disconnect all the time. Easy, easy promise. Um, Jeff Harper says, what is the best way to go about setting the pickup height on a strap? You know, a lot of people like to measure it. 
Uh, that is real common. You can go to Fender and get the actual specifications from factory, what they say the measurements from the bottom of the string to the top of the pickup should be. Um, I've, I've always used it. Like I said, this is the analogy I like. It's like moving a microphone. I move the microphone until it's like, you know, like in the right spot, you know, and it's not too close like this and not too far like that. And, uh, you find the right spot. So I just adjust my pickups with my ears. You know, you're always looking for that spot where it's pushing the amp the way you want, but not so harsh. It's clipping it out and it's not sounding harsh or staticky. It's not too far. It sounds hollow or acoustic. That's where my ear is. Yeah, I, I with, with strats, I will tell you, I tend to always, which is a very common fender thing, tilt the pickups to where the pickup is higher towards the treble side of the strings. So the pickups, my pickups are always like your uh, three uh, bare strings uh, are, are uh, plain strings. Uh, the pickups tilted a little towards those more. That's, you know, but again, that's my ear preference. And I noticed that Fender will ship a lot of guitars already like that. Maybe that's why it's my preference. That's easy, man. Use your ear, just adjust it while you're playing your amp. And I use clean. That's a good way to do it. Just clean, find the spot, adjust them. If you don't want to do that way, then you just get the measurements offline and set them to that. And then you can fine tune it with your ear. But like I said, either way, I think you should use your ear. Rely on your ear. You're a musician. Your ear is going to tell you the truth every time. And uh, I don't want to hit any. I'm going to hold on. I'm just pinning the questions. I'm going to go back to the to the non-pin questions. Oh, and they're scrolling fast. Okay. Um, Let's see. <laughs> I knew you guys were giving crap for strippers. <laughs> I just knew it. Hey, you know what? It's a PG-13 show, but yeah, <laughs> they're wire strippers. I meant wire strippers. <laughs> you guys knew what I meant. Don't make this dirty show. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's see. Uh Oh, John wants to know what strings do I use on my Gretsch? Uh, I use, uh, you know, I can tell you right now, my Jazzmaster, my Gretsch, my um, Golden A6. I'm trying to think of the other guitar I would do that with. Um, there's probably one other. I use 11 gauge Daddario strings, 11 to 49s. That's what I like. So uh, that's my preference. I've tried uh, bigger strings. I've also tried wound, round wound uh, third string, you know, wound third string, 11 gauge strings and stuff. I, I didn't enjoy them. Uh, you know what it is? It just, I know it's like the acoustic thing. It just didn't do what I want for me. And I think it's because I do a lot of pentatonics because, you know, I'm, I play, I'm a playing the, the pentatonic box kind of player. And there's no, there's no shame in that. There's people that make a living playing like that. Um, but, uh, th the point is, is that when you play like that, you're going to, you know, you bend that, the G string a lot. And when it's wound, it just doesn't have the same feel as what I liked. So that's why I did that. So I like the 11s to me. It's like a nice compromise. It's like not the tens. So it's not a little light and it's not the 12s where it's a little thick. 11s work great for me. Um, Richard also wanted to chime in, which is good. Richard wants to say, Hey, that's how he sets his pickups up as he does it by ear. I, I like I said, I've, I've seen all the measurement concepts uh, and I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously the measurements are probably based on some kind of logic where it's just going to line up, but I adjust with my ear a lot and I like it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah. See, ah, the, the dog paw says, turn your pentatonics into Dorian and go to the next level. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. You know, what's funny is I, I, I don't play that way. Uh, I, it's the most horrible answer ever. I play that way almost out of just 
desire. I don't know what it is. I'm not a solo guy. I like rhythm playing. If I didn't do YouTube videos, I would never play a solo, like ever. Every time I play with people, I like I'm not the guy when they're like, your turn to solo. I just I don't. I play the rhythm side. I like playing the rhythm. I feel like I have a good sense of rhythm. Obviously, I'm a bass player. As a guitar player, um, you know, regardless of what anybody thinks about musicians, there's there's always a good enough logic. You know, you need musicians to be good enough. I I, I can I feel pretty confident with most music that I go up and play with with friends and and other players. If I'm playing the rhythm side, I'm I'm fine. So so there you go. And uh, let's go. Does it where are we at time? Okay, we're good at time. We don't have to do the contest yet. Uh, that was the lesson thing. Winners. Not that it came up, just in case you're talking about it. when we did the whole who won the who won the pedal board. Well, we have a winner for the pedal board, the big one. Uh, it was Daryl, and he uh, he's the guy in front of the uh, dump trucks. If you guys know what I'm talking about, let's go to it real fast. You guys see it? Should only take a second, maybe. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's moved. Yeah, I think it moved. Okay, I don't have it. Okay, well, on that note, uh, if you can go to the, I'll click the, I'll link the video. The video is, uh, so I picked uh, three of my favorite pictures uh, that were sent to us uh, for uh, Know Your Gear, either shirts or Know Your Gear, you know, uh, poses or things that people put Know Your Gear in. And Daryl, in front of the dump trucks, won. You guys, uh, you guys voted and you guys picked him. And, uh, and I want to thank you for that. What I don't have is the winner for the mini pedal board. That announcement should be tomorrow in a video when I do the review. And the reason is, is cause I don't announce anyone, uh, just like Logan who won the, uh, the slick guitar a couple weeks ago. I never announced the winners until they have confirmed that they're willing to take the stuff and it's all done. So there you go. So that's, that's on that. I hope you guys are excited about that. I'm excited about that. Um, what else? Okay. How are we doing on time? We're good. Um, let's do a couple questions and then we'll start that contest. All right. We have Andrew Powell just did a super chat for no reason, man. I appreciate that. Just want to give you a shout out. Say thank you. Um, Okay, uh, Max Shade 7 says, Hey, Phil, American Elite Strat or American Deluxe Strat 2013. Uh, and so for 1500 bucks, I like the elites better. I have the American deluxe. I bought American deluxe. I like it. Um, and, uh, but I, I personally think the American elites are a slight improvement for me personally over the deluxe, but I bought it. I bought the deluxe because of the price. I got a better price and it felt good and it was the right guitar and it was great. And, uh, uh the American elites are pushing like 18, $1,900. And like you said, the deluxe is at $1,500 and, selection i could find a good deal and a good guitar on the deluxe and uh the elites you know it i couldn't find what i wanted and so there you go and also you know i mean two thousand dollars i mean what you know like i said the american elite pushing it almost two thousand dollars it's really pushing the high end for me on guitars and as much as i like strats and I, th I think i i said this before the main reason is this i have strats that i love that i paid less than a thousand dollars for um i don't really feel the need to pay double what I paid for a guitar I love to get a guitar I like just as much or less. 
it doesn't seem to factor in. I don't need this stuff. None of us do. It's a luxury. And so sometimes when I'm buying this stuff, I have to like, I have to process that information the same way. It's funny. Um, and, and the other thing too, is sometimes it's about, uh, obtaining it. I, I can't just willy nilly buy whatever I want whenever I feel like I have to, you know, your kids, family, life, you got to figure it out. You got to make it make sense. I've been collecting a long time and I've collected a lot of stuff and I'm more than happy with my collection. Uh, but you know, there's no compulsion in me that there's no, I, I have no irrational thoughts anymore when it comes to gear anymore. When it go, you know, there's no piece of gear that I see and I just go, Oh, I'm going to sell everything or I'm going to do this until I get it. If I, if to me, if the stars align and it works out, I get it. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. So, but on that note, uh, I like both, but I have the deluxe. Jason Wade says, do you sell, did, do they sell Gibson vintage, uh, which hat knobs out of metal or glass? Okay. They're all plastic these days. You know, I don't know. I've never seen the, the, the witch hats or the top hats. I haven't seen them in metal. I've seen a lot of metal styled things, but not that I know of. This is one of those things like, and I've, I've kind of perused the internet and looking for stuff over the years like this. Um, glass. Here's where I'm, I feel this is a dangerous thing. What I'm going to tell you, Jason, if you know who Wiggins pickups is Wiggins wife makes or made glass top hat knobs, style knobs. They are fantastic. You can visit Wiggins website. However, I thought when I last visited their website, it said the glass knobs are no longer available. That's why I don't want you to think that they are or think that they're not. You'll have to look on your own. Look up Wiggins pickups. Check out the glass knobs. Those are glass. Metal, I don't know. But glass, those are there. And if they don't make them, I don't know if they will. But you can always reach out to them and see if uh, William or Renee uh, are willing to do that uh, for you. Again, uh, no obligations. I'm not telling you that they'll do it. Um, I just, you know, there you go. Uh, Servando. Hey, what's up, buddy? Says thoughts on using high gain pedals on hot rod deluxe or something similar versus high gain head with dropping a V30 into the HRD help. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the V30 and the HR, the hot rod deluxe, especially if you're running gain through it, is just like a great combination because the amps, a great pedal platform. It's nice and clean, has a little punchy, uh, little throaty tone to it, a little low end. The V30 works with that. Great. Um, Yes. So, you know, a little secret that a lot of people know and some people don't. Hot Rod Deluxes are probably the most used amp for pedal builders when using uh, a, a testing platform for their pedals. Uh, people like Brian Wampler mentioned that. Um, I mean, tons of tons of pedal builders have mentioned this. Tons of uh, guitar companies have mentioned using Hot Rod Deluxes as a great platform for trying their products on. I think... Uh, I think even uh, uh, Dave Friedman mentioned, Friedman mentioned the BOD was tested and used primarily on a Hot Rod Deluxe. Again, if I'm misquoting, I apologize. I thought I heard that. Um, and um, so, yeah, I think that's a great uh, platform. I used to have a Hot Rod Deluxe with a, just a high gain pedal through it or a mid gain pedal through it and, and a V30. And I can honestly tell you is for some reason I moved on. I can't really speak to why but what i can tell you is i've never been happier like nothing has made me happier than that original rig i was the most happy with that rig um but i moved on from it and when you move you know move away from something it's really tough to go back to it because you know you've already let go of it and stuff but yeah um what else let's do one more we're going okay it's time for the contest but hold on playing back this is from uh, uh brian allen it says playing back for all the info oh paying back 
for all the info. Thank you. Also, new player series Strat Tremolo has different dimensions than American Standard Tremolo, for your knowledge. You know, what's funny is, here's what's interesting, uh, Brian, and I hope I'm saying it right because it's spelled different than how I usually read Brian with an A. It's got an O, right? Um, and I'm reading it, right? Yeah, B-R-O. Okay. So, um, yes. So, a couple of people have mentioned that on the video when I did the player series Strat. The I hope I said it in the video. I tend to say this in the videos. If I didn't, it was just a miss. Miss I missed it. But I do say it a lot in videos. Fender sent me that player strat. That I know I disclosed in the video. They sent it to me to check out. I asked for that guitar. They didn't send it to me to like promote their stuff. I reached out to Fender and said, I have a standard. Everybody's talking about the new players. Can you see me, send me one to check out? They sent me one, and I went through it. Now, as you saw in that video, I took apart the guitar they sent me. But I've heard since that some of the player strats are not what I showed. The trick is I don't really think that Fender sent me something different than what was sent out, but I do believe, and again, this isn't something Fender has told me or not told me, I do believe that maybe what they sent out first has now been changed because I keep hearing people say it's changed. I also heard, and I talked about this on the live show, uh, from many of you uh, that some of the player series guitars had been recalled. There was some issues and they changed some specifications. And that would also make me understand uh, that that Fender maybe changed the specifications. The other thing that could have happened is the American standard trim originally, maybe they had some of the old ones because that's the old trim and they used them up on those guitars and then switched to something else when they were done. Again, you know, that this is one of those things where I, I don't think that Strat that I have is so special that it's the only one like that. I think it's a first-run guitar, and all, all the first-run guitars are probably that spec. But what I can tell you is this. You know, in that video and afterwards and before the video, I did interchange all the American parts to that guitar, and they all did fit. So that I know happened. So yeah, I, I think it's a good point. And I even thought about maybe redoing that video, but the only way I can do that is if I get a newer version of the players and then re, re kind of re-talk about that. That's the problem with all reviews. They're only a sample size of one thing. That's why when everybody does the same, when you do a bad review or a good review, it's just one sample size. It's never, it's never the definitive anything. It's just a guideline for right now, that moment in that person. So always, always take it with that kind of logic. Like this is, you know, that was that one-time experience, and there's probably going to be all kinds of variations of that. Okay, let's do the contest. Let's uh, let's see who's crazy enough to win. Um, and uh, oh my God, scrolling so fast. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So you guys know what I'm talking about. I want to give away uh, one of Tyler Larson's uh, lifetime lesson programs. It's a lifetime membership to his uh, lesson program. Tyler has the one who supplied this from Music and His Win. And, uh, you know, he's very gracious because, like I said, I reached out to him and I asked him for multiple, two of them. And he was very nice to accommodate us. Um, and uh, so you understand what the, the deal is. Uh, once I pick the winner, uh, you'll have to contact me. I'll get your email address. I send it to Tyler. Tyler will send you uh, your lesson program and stuff and I'll, I, you know, the links and all that stuff. And then you will have 30 days to check it out. Again, you're not required to do anything other than what you want to do. I just need you to come back on the 15th of February on that live show. And let's talk for at least five, 10 minutes and get your feedback on that. So let's see, how should we pick the winner? I think I'm going to pick the winner by asking a question. And the first right answer uh, that wants to do this is going to be the, uh, the, uh, the winner. So what should be the question? The question should be, uh, let's see. Hmm. 
I should have wrote down a question before I started this stupid thing. I don't know why I don't prepare sometimes for some things. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of something Tyler said in one of his videos because that'd be great if I can. I've seen so many of his videos. I'm going to say, I don't know. I should have. Okay. Um, something easy. Somebody says, all right. You guys, Sean Brown's 42. That's, that's the answer. You knew it. I was already thinking it. Uh, no. Okay. So the, the question is going to be, um, I could ask you, um, I don't know. I don't have a good question. So we're just going to have to pick them randomly. All right. Here's how it works. I'm going to pick you randomly. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Just, just put a comment and here's all I want the comment to put. Just put the comment. Music is win. You put the comment. Music is win. And I'm just going to just pick one. Just whatever. So no, no logic. I might even pick the first one that says it. Uh, let's see what else. You can, you guys are typing it. You just got to type music is win. And the first one that does, ah, there it is. I saw it. Steve long, Steve, don't get too crazy. Hold on a second. Like always, like I said, the first one I saw, that's the first one I see, man. That's the first one I saw. I said, I would do the first one I saw. It's Steve long, Steve long. Super easy, man. Send me an email to ask, know your gear. It's at ask, know your gear at gmail.com. Put in the subject title. Music is win. Uh, let me know, and then I will make sure that Tyler gets you the uh, the lesson, the super system lesson. And um, and uh, thank you guys. I saw everybody commenting too. I appreciate it. Thank you, Steve, for willing to do this. I think it'll be fun. I think it's going to be a thing. Even if you didn't win today, I think you will win because we'll see. Uh, you know, you'll get some experience. Obviously, this is great because <laughs> these these people who are going to be reviewing this are they're us. They're the guitar community, but they're not paid for and they're not connected to. That's where I felt a little. So you know, this is why I'm doing it this way. Tyler is my friend. Tim Pierce is my friend. Robert Baker is my friend. David Wildman is my friend. These are people I consider friends and I've had conversation with many times and I enjoy their company when I talk to them. And um, it felt a little close to home to try to critique their lesson programs. So I go, you know what? Uh, I'm going to try to remove myself from this. And plus, I'd like to see what other people think. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, congratulations, Steve. I'm glad you guys uh, uh, are, are have a cool attitude about that. Steve won and uh, makes a cool day. Thank you, guys. And like I said, we'll, we'll do that. I'm picking the other winner from the patron side. And then, uh, and February 15th, when we do the live show, that's how we'll start the live show. We'll start five, 10 minutes of that. That's all we'll, de we'll, de we'll designate for that to talk about the review of the lesson program, what they learned, what they, what they thought, what they didn't like, what they loved, all of those cool things. And then in the meantime, oh, and you know what? And this is a good time for a segue for a second for me to promote my stuff. I got to promote stuff too. It's how it works. Um, in the link in this video right now is a link to the t-shirts. The reason I, I decided to do this because I've been seeing it and I thought it was, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I just thought it'd be cool to do this. There's a 10% discount code. That's all. <laughs> right? That's all I just want to tell you guys. I put a 10% discount code in there, uh, in the link in the description down below. If you're thinking about getting one of the Know Your Gear t-shirts, there's uh, there's the girl shirts available, the uh, Les Paul shirt with the gold top and the uh, regular Strat style guitars. They should, I should call them styles. They're not Les Pauls or Strats, they're styles. They're available down below. You look the little code up, you get 10% off. If you want to buy a shirt, great. If you don't, 
that's okay too. I just thought 10% off would be cool. And there it is. And uh, I feel good that I mentioned it because I forget to mention it every week. <laughs> it seems like. Um, music 72 said, Hey, since it's on the subject, we'll talk about music 72 said, when is the next t-shirt design that we don't know because last year we did shirt of the month. We're not doing shirt of the month this year. What we're going to do this year is kind of what we did for the uh, lefty shirts. We're going to do, uh, campaigns of interesting things when we think of doing it, when it's right to do it. The problem with shirt of the month became for me, it took the fun out of it. I'm just going to be honest. It took a little fun out of it because when you have to do something, it becomes a job. It's like, oh, next month's coming up. Oh, it's four days until next month. We better come up with a shirt. And it may not sound like a big deal, but it is. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but it, more importantly, I want it to be fun. And that's what I want. I want this to feel more organic and fun. You know what I mean? The shirts are really about community. It's just, I, you know, I look at this, the shirts are a vehicle to support what I do in the channel. That's what you do when you buy a shirt. You're helping the channel out and you get some merch for it. That's basically how this works. It's, it's no different than that. And so uh, I know no one's buying stick figure shirts going, wow, this is the design I've been hoping for my whole life. So because uh, you support the channel, I appreciate that. But it's I want it to be fun for all of us. And that's why I try to do it that way. Okay. On that note, I'm going to hit two pin questions and do a non-pin question. Here we go. Uh, let's see. We have Dimitri. Dimitri says, hey, Phil, thinking about selling my PRSS2 standard. 24. Okay. So he's got the standard 24 PRS, uh, S2 to buy a PRS CE 24. I like the S2. I like the way the S2 plays, but prefer the way the CE looks. What do you think? I think the thing you have to really consider Dimitri is that they have two different necks. The S2 PRS has the pattern neck for lack of better term. It's the wide fat, even though it's slightly different specifications, it's a thicker, chunkier neck. If you like that neck, I'm going to warn you or caution you right now that by going to the CE 24, you are going to the pattern thin neck, which is a smaller neck. If you like that idea, uh, I think you should go me personally on the side. Other thing to mention is to me, even though I love this SCE 24, uh, and I love my S2, the CE 24 is more mid range. It's kind of like a fat strat. In fact, my CE 24, if I was going to really say you know, like, what does it really remind me of? It's a super strat shaped like a PRS, <laughs> right? Um, when I play my CE 24, I think people see it and they think, PRS, but to me, if you were to play a Charvel, I would think it's the same thing. It's just got two humbuckers, a bolt-on maple neck, a tremolo. It's just very fat strat or super strat vesque. Where the S2 standard 24 set neck with warmer humbuckers and bigger neck has a warmer, fuller sound. Um, some people think it's a little warm and, and dark. That's okay. I find it warm and dark as well, and I like that about it. So two factors you have to consider. One, you're going to change neck profile. That's something you have to either be okay with or not be okay with. Two, you are going to change sounds. And so if you're doing it for, like I said, the way it looks, I don't know. But I will tell you this. There's nothing wrong with buying a guitar for the way it looks. <laughs> nothing. Every rock star ever pretty much did it that way. In fact, if you watch any interview with most rock stars, they pick guitars because of the way they looked. And then we love the way. And then over time, that's the sound. And then we love the sound. It does work that way sometimes. Uh, Gravedigger Dale, Gravedigger Dale, that's a cool name, says, question for you. Well, I'm hoping it's for me. <laughs> Best guitar value for 750 bucks or less, new and used. Best guitar value. That's always a tough thing because you could, uh, here's why. It's not tough because it's, uh, it's, it's, 
it's easy. It's hard. It's tough because it's so easy. So many guitars in that price range. So many that if I named 20 right now, I'd be missing 40. And then people go, oh, what about Gretsch? What about this? Um, but when I think good value guitars, new and used in the 750 range, here's what I think. I think of some of the stripped Gibson stuff. It sounds pretty cool. I think some of the um, Schecters and LTDs are pretty cool. I think, um, uh, what do I think of? I'm trying to think what pops in. Well, you know what? I wonder if I have guitars that I know I paid that for. Okay, so most of my American Strats, that's about what I paid for them used. So my blue American Strat, I paid about $750 used. Uh, what else? See, the problem is in this room. Oh, you know what? My Jazz Master, Mexican Jazz Wise Master, which is right there. Uh, I paid five, four. That was awesome. That was less than 700 bucks. My Mexican Strat, less than, it was uh, five, and it was a great, great purchase. Um, the Schecter, I told you was 250, 300 was a great purchase. Um, my Dana scoop, which is right there, that red guitar, I paid 450 or 500 for maybe less. I may have paid 350, 400 for it. Oh, that Ibanez, uh, I love that. This is, I, it's a seven string, but I played that Japanese. This is a Japanese, uh, RG seven, six I paid three, three fifty for that. So that was great. Yeah, so like I said, there's in fact, think about the collection that's behind me. It's all over the place. It makes no sense if you look at it. I mean, there's a PRS 594. That's a $3,000 guitar. I'm talking about street prices, not what I paid. $3,000 guitar. Then there's that uh, limited uh, Telecaster right there, the blue one that's above it. And um, and uh, and that one was like, I think, 14th Street. Then the, <laughs> the guitar, that's three. And then the Parker, there's a Parker Fly right there. That's a crazy amount of money. So they're all over the price, uh, all over the place. Um, and then over here, what you can't see is the same thing. I have my Dane Electro guitar right here that's 350 So, oh, you know what's also good in that price range? PRSSEs. And so, you know, you can get really good at PRSS2 American-made guitars in that price point. Uh, my hollow body S2 right there, that black one, I think I paid nine for that. I know that's more than the 750 but that's the hollow body one. If you didn't have to have hollow body, I could have definitely scored it for, for less, for a lot less. So, uh, yeah, the, you know, I will say this, man, it's, it's the, you're, you have the best answer. You have the best question ever. The price is not a restriction for you. Go on reverb and look at that price point. There's just so many cool guitars from Japanese guitars to American made guitars. You get cool golden guitars for that. I mean, you know, there's just, I don't know. It used to be, it used to be $500 was a tough, tough thing to hit. Now it's like, it's just everywhere. Uh, Brian Miller says, Phil, what happened to your GNL order? Man, I don't know. It's only been like two months. I asked, I, I asked them, I, I followed up with them twice. They're, they're busy, you know, right? I'm not trying to, I don't want to bust their chops. Uh, uh, they're, uh, but I ordered it when it's done. I promise when it's done, I'll review it. I'm excited about it. <laughs> you know, I'm anxious, <laughs> but it's tough. You know what I mean? I'm sure when it's done, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get it. But I ordered it, and we'll see. They said uh, they were going to give me an ETA, but I think they got busy and forgot. That happens. So, uh, Brian said you could have ordered a Kiesel and had it by now. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I think somebody was just telling me this weekend that uh, the Kiesels are running eight to. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's eight to ten weeks. Yes. Uh, Jordan Yucca says, Phil, what is your favorite guitar you own? Well, that always can change, right? You can always change, you know, your mind, which, which your, 
what guitar is your favorite. But I will tell you this. I tend to stick to the same two guitars over and over again. I play that PRS Mira. Um, and it has nothing to do with anything. It's it's just a PRS Mira I have. And so, you know, I've tried 50 Miras. This Mira is just special to me. I play that one all the time. My right now, uh, I for some reason, even though I have my Copper Strat, it's uh, leaning right there. My green Strat. Uh, do that. There you go. That. That green Strat right there. Love that. Play that all the time. Two humbuckers and a Strat. Uh, so what's my favorite guitar? Well, this is what takes the fun out of this. I like collecting guitars. I like talking about guitars. I like working on guitars, being around guitars. But ultimately, if if I was not if I was restricted and I didn't have the ability to have the collection I've amassed over the you know the years I've been playing or whatever, I would play any kind of Strat style guitar with two humbuckers. That's my my that's my go to instrument. And that's what the mirror is. It's basically a you know just a guitar with two humbuckers with a comfortable neck. Two humbuckers and a comfortable neck. Um, oh, Brian wants to know when we're going to do a comparison of best do-it-yourself uh, do guitar kits. I don't know. I don't know. That's See, this man, right now I can't even think about that. Unfortunately, I have so many of these projects that are coming that are great. Um, uh, Tony says, what guitar will you never get rid of? Oh, you know what? That'd be the mirror. That mirror, if I get rid of it, it's because I wore it out. In fact, I know uh, that guitar, I play the mirror so much, the frets are, they're getting ready for their first crown level. I'm going to have to probably crown and level them soon. I've, I'm wearing it out. Um, and I think I bought that PRS. I'd have to look at it. I think it's a 2012, 2011. So I've been playing it for that. Maybe it was 2013. Yeah, about 2013. So it's about six years old, six, seven years old. I've been playing it. Love it. Uh, that's a guitar I would never get rid of because I play it. The other guitar, anything else, I don't care. You know, I, I, I want a Strat, but I don't care what Strat it is. So I, I've often said this in many of these live shows. Uh, you know, if the house is burning down and my, and my wife said, "What? you want me to grab a guitar before I go? I'd probably have her grab the most expensive guitar because, you know, then I could sell it and recoup some of the money from the lost fired burn collection but but in the analogy of that story is what's so what's so important that you'd have her grab i would probably scream to her grab a strat just any strat so that way i have a guitar to play in the hotel <laughs> um uh J man j bo j bog nap says what's up with the supersonic back end view uh nothing nothing's up with it uh the, there's two rooms i play in this is my office i work in here so I tend to do videos in here and do this uh, email content and all this other stuff I do here. And then the other room is where I just play. And so when amps are not in view here, they're in the other room and I'm probably playing them uh, for myself. And when they're in here, I'm playing them for videos. So I was actually, uh, I, I gave a video to the patrons this weekend where I tried some some boss pedals they don't make anymore through the, through the supersonic. And I didn't love the video that's what happens sometimes you just make a video and I don't know what it was. I didn't love it. And so I didn't release it. I'm not going to release it to you guys. I might redo it and make it better. Um, but, uh, that's why it's there. I was using it just like, to be honest with you, uh, I have the archon right there, but see, if you notice the silver Jubilees right there, it's cause I was doing something. I was comparing something with them, but this will go back in the other room on the cabinet cause the cabinet was there and I moved it in the other room. So, all right. Uh, let's see. All right, you guys, you guys are awesome this week with questions. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm getting all my 
you got to get my list. You got to mark off the list. Um, I think we hit everything on the list. I did the winners. I did all that stuff. And let's do some pen questions real quick. Somebody, BK just said, happy Friday. Well, that was easy. Happy Friday to you, BK. Bob Bill Nolan says, Phil, any Firebird alternatives with through neck? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not really familiar with that guitar. You know what I mean? Playing it. You don't see them. It's like, I don't walk in any shops and pick them up and check them out. Um, but, uh, I'm curious to see, you know, I think does Schecter have a firebird. Who makes it, you know what, put in the guys, right. You can put it now when you guys, when I'm looking, who makes good fireboat firebird alternatives. It just doesn't seem like a guitar. I see too much. Every time I see, like, I, I feel like I see a, a firebird type guitar. It's always a no name brand. You know what I mean? Some kind of weird, maybe Harley Benton does it or something like that. I don't really see like Schecter doing it, right? Did Schecter do any Firebird copies? So, so, and then Tal Rodriguez says, who would you advise as a teacher for a beginner online? Well, Tal, that's what we're doing right now. So just watch over the next, uh, you know, like I said, the next few weeks and I'll hopefully we'll be able to help you find uh by looking at these teachers maybe who's the right one for you because i understand that you can't just all if you want to do online lessons stuff you can't buy everybody's program so let's see who's the right one for you we'll help you with that so uh that's what we'll do uh mark says hey phil just received a new brian may red special and i was wondering if you would be interested in reviewing it or setting it up if i sent it your way uh i could cover the expenses man that's really cool you mark and i'm not going to say no but i will say this uh right now literally <laughs> if i walk out that well think of this right now see that base this with this plastic on it that's a sharp max base there is a lot of sharp max stuff happening uh coming and i'm working on them all around the same time and we're not done uh you guys have been submitting sharp max stuff all we can tell you is you can please submit it we appreciate you submitting it you know, it's nice to have a, a, a back catalog of stuff to look at because we need more stuff. My issue is obviously not having submissions. You guys are great at submitting the stuff. And my issue right now is time getting through all this stuff. I'm not caught up with the ones I'm doing now, the, the videos. Um, and I, I've decided for, because you guys seem to really be passionate about those type of videos. And I, I seem, you know, I can understand why. I seem to piecemeal them out to you and I want them not to do that anymore. I want to have some consistency when they come out. But the problem is, is they take so much, they're so dramatic in how much time they take. It gets tough. Uh, Raymond says playing guitar for 15 years and didn't, and didn't get good. Didn't really take it seriously. Is learning theory or practicing licks better for long-term growth? You know, Raymond, uh, you know, the trick is uh, playing is what's great for playing, right? You, the more you play, the better you get. And again, it depends on when you say didn't get good. Good is an interesting thing because what's funny about this is just like when somebody says Slash is a great guitar player and somebody says Slash is a hack, that's a that's an interpretation of his performance. Um, but it doesn't really quantify if he is good or bad. What I will tell you with what you're saying and something maybe to help to add to that is, is when you say um, you didn't take it serious, that's okay. That means you probably played and you didn't really kind of learn any new things. What I find is playing is the best thing to do, but playing with some kind of purpose. Whether that playing is to really polish up what you can already play now or playing and, and learning new things. Either way, those are good things. But I will tell you this. Every musician probably watching right now has, has been in a rut or is currently in a rut 
Uh, a rut is a thing that happens to all of us all the time. And you try to figure out how to break it. And sometimes you, you know, it gets tough. And sometimes that rut lasts years. I've seen people have ruts for years. I've definitely had ruts for, I don't know. I don't think what years, but months and months feel like a year. So the question I have is this. So you're asking about learning theory. I, I will tell you this. There's a the philosophy that I, I kind of go by. If you ask a question, there's a reason. To me, that you asking me if you should learn theory is already answered by asking the question. If you think you might need to, you should. Now, the, the answer that I will help you with uh, for your, your theory is, is that I really think for most players, you need appropriate amount of theory. And what I mean by that is some of us guitar players are theory nerds. You know, there's all kinds of nerds. There's pedal nerds. There's, uh, you know, guitar shredder nerds, you know, right? The shred, there's there's amp nerds, there's pedal or pickup nerds. There's all of us. We're all nerd. We all nerd out for a certain things. Some of us are nerded for playing. Some of us are nerd for, for gear and both sometimes. But in this case, um, what I think is in most cases, you shouldn't learn every single thing about music theory. You should take the music you love and learn everything about the music you love. So if you're a blues guy, learn all the theory behind the blues. That's at least a very fundamental thing. And then I hopefully from that, when you get that down, I think you get excited about learning outside of that. And I think that's a great way to learn past yourself or learn more than what you, you know, real, you know, stay inside your own head and your own box. But when I talk about theory, I always tell people perfect. I think some of the greatest analogies for this is ever is like, look at Nashville country players have theory, but they, they really focus it around their needs and they're great. Um, and I think, uh, I think everybody kind of follows that rule, but you know, you know, Nashville has its own kind of thing. That's my answer to you. I hope that helps. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and if you're in a rut, uh, try to be excited. And the best way to get excited is be with other players or watch other players. And if you guys have great things, uh, you know, put it on there, put out, put it in the comments down below. Yeah. See, Lawrence said you uh, learn usable theory. Perfect. Uh, I, you know what? Again, just like earlier today, uh, the, um, uh, put eloquently better than I just said. I just rambled for five minutes and he just said it easy. Learn usable theory. Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the, the E man, <laughs> the E man says, who makes that guitar rack behind you on the floor? That rack is right here for you guys. Let's see if I can turn that. That's it. It's by string swing. What I love about it is that holds seven guitars. See how small that footprint is. And it's made of wood. And I think it's like a hundred bucks, which sounds like a lot, but it's not cheap. Junky stuff is close to that. Um, this is made in the USA by string swing. I swear by string swing has, I'm not sponsored. I'm not affiliated with string swing. They have been good to me. I've been a customer of them forever. And I've only been a customer of them. I'll never change because they have never messed up any of my guitars ever. All the stuff you see is string swing. <laughs> so if, uh, and so that's what I trust. That's what I like. So check them out. The only thing I will tell you about that is most of you guys will get string swing from Amazon and please be aware that, uh, there is tons of counterfeit string swing out there, uh, especially on Amazon. So you can buy directly from swing swing on am string swing on Amazon. Please do that. It's not more expensive. It's the same price and it's legit. So uh, it really bums me out. I think a couple of years ago, I think I read an article about string swing and it said that uh, there was more counterfeit string swings sold on Amazon than real string swings. 
String Swing's a, a mom and pop company. You know, they're they're like I said, they're the real deal. They're what you hope they would be. They're people who care and still make their own stuff. Um Eric wants to know if I still have my rock crusher. Yeah. Would I recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. Love it. It's actually uh it's it's on my um my Freeman amp in the other room right now. Love the rock crusher. You know, I think about this all the time. The only thing I don't like about the rock crusher is it's huge. But other than that, it's such quality. It's a quality piece of gear. It's one of those pieces of gear where I don't, you know, a lot of people tell me like, you know, please get the, what, uh, you know, get the M audio ox box, get all this stuff, you know, get the two notes. All those things are great too. But the rock crusher is a legitimate piece of gear and it feels like it's going to last forever. It, it doesn't have, I love that it doesn't have any technology in it. I love that it's just this thing. Um, I would really like a smaller version though. It's like I said, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing, man. It's big. <laughs> so, so, uh, there you go. Uh, I can't say the name, man. So I'm not even gonna try T was something says advice to keep the strat in tune. Yeah. Strats are about the nut more so than probably a lot of guitars. Uh, make sure your nut is cut correctly. Uh, make sure it's smooth. And, uh, if you also, if you want to uh, lubricate it with like lubricant or any kind of like pencil, you know, pencil shavings, not pencil shavings, but you know, people use the pencil. I don't use the pencil cause it's messy. Um, but you know, you can use lubricant. That's what I recommend. But my point is, uh, if the nut on a strat is correctly, it should never go out of tune. All my strats, I, I can do dive bombs on them and they stay back in tune just cause you make sure your nuts cut correctly. Also having the right material on a strat on the nut. I'm not a big fan of the PVC style plastic nuts that Fender puts on. I really like the bone and the graphite nuts and the Corian stuff um, way better. Uh, Dale wants to know, hey, Phil, how come you don't own a, a rack, a rack uh, unit? Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I like a lot of us. I had some rack gear in the 90s and then i sold it and i know you could buy it dirt cheap now every time i see a piece of rack gear on craigslist it's like a buck uh but i just no room for it room is a big problem you know for anybody it's all gonna fit uh sean said new year's resolution practice routine any recommendations from any from a lesson from the lesson academy um you know, uh, well, a practice routine, that's a good, you know, what's great is if you're going to have a resolution to have a practice routine, the best thing I can tell you, the best thing that I, for any kind of routine is a goal. Start with the goal first. You always visualize the end and then work the way to get there. That is the way to do anything. You have to know what it looks like to get there. You would never, you would never say, okay, I'm going to start a journey tomorrow and I promise I'm going to walk 10 feet every day, right? You have to have a destination. Otherwise, you're just you're just walking out into the desert. Right? Well, if you live where here, you are. So anyways, my point is practice routine. Start with the goal. What is the goal? Then build backwards from that. So if the goal is I want to play these songs or I want to learn how to you know know my scales or my modes or I'm going to learn triads or uh, you know what have you. Um, like I said, I think your first law, I think everybody's logic. I'm going to start practicing 10 minutes a day or an hour a day. And I think what everybody's fear is, is that you'll do it. And then something happens and you don't get the time to do that. But the reality is the first time you sit there for just even 30 seconds with not really a clear idea what you're supposed to be doing, you will fail because you need to have that goal. And I would put that goal in front of you. And, and that is good lesson in life about anything. So, 
Uh, there you go. And the other thing too is, and I've said this hopefully before, if not, I'm saying it now, you have to have goals that are bigger than your problems. That's again, another life lesson thing. Maybe, maybe I should share. It's important when you wake up uh, every day, uh, you know, you have to have a goal that that's, here's what I mean by that. The first thing that's, that takes, that will, if your lesson program or your practice routine doesn't have a big goal at the end and there was, there's no agenda, the first time somebody says, Hey, I need you to do this, or Hey, we need to do that, or Hey, we have to go here. You're going to, you're going to stop your practice routine. You want to make sure your goals are bigger than, than your problems is, is just this thing I say. Um, but yeah, practice routine, have a goal. Best thing to do. Andrew Powell says here to stay Andrew Powell on YouTube. I need subs. He needs subs. Andrew Powell, Andrew, it would help if you tell us what you did. I'm assuming it's some kind of guitar related stuff. You know, Andrew, the best thing to do by far is a good way to point this out. We haven't mentioned it in a while. And thank you, Andrew, for, for mentioning or bringing this up. It gives us a, we do have a shout out page on the knowyourgear.net website. It's important. You can reach out to ask know your gear. You will reach out to Mike and I can't guarantee we'll put you on there. We are selective of who we put and why for no reason than other than we want it to fit congruently with what we do. So obviously if you, you know, if you talk about, you know, I don't know, something else, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't put you on there, but, and also if we, you know, if the channel is maybe too not ripe, not ready, um, maybe we, we wait off, but we try to put everybody we can as a resource. And then we try to highlight them here as well as we can. Uh, Todd Jensen said, Hey, Phil, just want to say, Hey, Hey, and I love my left hand and know you're your shirt. Yeah. You know what? I am so glad, um, that, that, uh, you, you, you like that. I am excited to tell you that I don't know when it's going to be done. But I promise you, I can promise you this. In my opinion, just my opinion, we have a left-handed Know Your Gear coming, and it's my favorite, uh, not Know Your Gear, Sharp of My Axe. We have a left-handed Sharp of My Axe coming. It's my favorite Sharp of My Axe. I'm excited about it. It's not even done yet. It's my favorite yet. I promise. So uh, so thank you for the, for the shout-out. Let's go back to the main thing. We're in extra innings now because you guys did a lot of pin questions, super, super chats and stuff. Scott goes, there's a ton of Andrew pals on YouTube. Yeah, Andrew. Um, you know, Andrew, this is a good question or a good time to put, if you send it, if you send it to ask, know your gear, type in the, the subject, you know, like Andrew Powell or something. If you send me the link to your YouTube page, I will, I will try to put it out there. Uh, you know, I, I'll check it out first, but I'll, I, you know, like I said, if it's good, I'll put it out there. Uh, it's something I think we can connect to. Um, Okay, David wants to know where and when is the NAM show and what does it cost to get in? The NAM show is in Anaheim, California. It's basically towards the end of this month, and you have to be a member to go or know a member or get a guest pass. There's no way to buy a ticket to get in. Uh, you can buy a tick off, ticket off somebody, but they don't sell tickets to the public. So, um, so there you go. And go back. Hold on a second. And uh, Todd Jensen just said, hey, Phil, just wanted to say, hey, I said that already. Oh, I left hand shirt. We did that one. Chris, Chris Connolly. Yep, Connolly. First part of Blackbird down. Wow, love the song. Dude, you know, he's smarter than all of us. He sat there and learned the song where we all just talked about this stuff. <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me and talking about this stuff, but I also think it's smart that Chris sit there and practice and got it down. Okay. Reggie Wooten. Hey, Reggie, what's up, buddy says, Hey, uh, happy Friday. Thanks for all the great info. 
Uh, if not Eric Clapton, what strat would you get American or custom? Maybe an older model. Oh, e absolutely. I can tell you right now, if you're talking about an artist guitar, but in, in, without any exception, my favorite artist guitar from Fender is the Eric Johnson. That guitar is just amazing. I think that's the best artist. I think it's the best Fender strat you can get, uh, as for quality uh, of all the American made Fender strats. It's really good guitar. Um, it's got the fifties, uh, neck, but it's got a flat radius fretboard. The pickups sound phenomenal. It's great. I've always been an Ingve Malmsteen strat fan, but I can't say that it's something that would appeal to most people, but yeah, I, I can tell you right now, if I was ever going to buy an artist guitar strat, it would be the Eric Clapton. All right, no, Eric Clapton. Sorry, the Eric Johnson. I hope I keep saying Eric Johnson. It's Eric Johnson. Um, that's the guitar. I don't have one, but it's because I don't have an artist guitar from Fender. But if I did, it would be the Eric Johnson. Um, okay, Lawrence's question is confusing. I, so I, maybe it's not. It says, it says, harmonicas to understand the circle of fifths. Are you asking me if that's a good idea? Or are you telling me you did that? That's the crazy part. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I've never heard of using a harmonica for any of that, but I can maybe see that. Harmonicas are an interesting thing because if you ever seen harmonica kits, you can get harmonica kits, har harmonica kits where they come with every key, you know, harmonicas with every key in a kit. And then they come with a chart that tells you if the, the band's in this key, you grab this harmonica. And if you grab that key, you grab that harmonica. If you guys ever think about starting harmonica, check out those kits. They're really good. It's the best way to kind of get started into that. Like I said, buy one of those. It's just like, a, you know, everything kind of kit. So I have like eight harmonicas or sometimes they have, you know, uh, I don't know. There's a lot, you know, but you can buy them, I think, in eights too. The eights are the beginner ones. And it's just all the keys that they know you typically are going to use for harmonica with a band. And again, a chart that tells you if they're playing in G, you grab this harmonica. And if they're playing this, grab that harmonica. Uh, Dream Machine already scaring me with the question. Let's read it. It says, call me crazy. It's never going to go well after that statement. But I want a Marshall JTM 45 for bedroom practice. You're crazy. You said only for clean tones. Talk me out of it or not. Just love the tone. Yeah, well, that's because the amp tone is great. It's clean. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's tough, man. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Do it. <laughs> if you like the amp, do it. There's not a downsize to it. It's just more amp than you need. But that, but that, what logic is that? By that logic, every guy with a sports car shouldn't have a car because you can't drive more faster than the, spe the speed limit, right? No. If you if you like it, you buy it. So. There you go. That was an easy question that you just, you just asked a question that's now going to cost you a lot of money because you're going to buy that amp. Okay. So before we go, um, I just want to take two more questions and then we'll, uh, we'll call it for, so everybody can start their weekend. Uh, that's a good question. This is a good question. It says, Jimmy Twistle says, tube amp standby switch, snake oil or tube saver? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you guys. Um, there's a good video on that from CS Guitars. I'll put a link to his video. He's got a, a video where he talks about that. I thought it was an interesting video. Um, me personally, I understand the, the concept of the standby switch and why it's important. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Is it there and it doesn't need to be and we're using it anyways? I can tell you this. Like, again, I like to rely on experience, on my experience, whether it's wrong or right, it's mine. 
Here's my experience. I flip both switches on my amps all the time. I've been doing that forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I've never blown a tube. Does that mean that's right? Does it mean I'm lucky? It absolutely could mean that. I have no idea. But I can tell you on my supersonic, when I reach behind it, 90% of the time, I take these fingers just like in a row and I snap both switches up and I just plug in and play. I will tell you though, though, for some reason, and I can't tell you why I think this, but it, the colder the room is or the colder it is, the less likely I am to do that. I'm a little freaked out when the, you know, if it's like 40 or 50 degrees outside or if I'm an outside gig or if the house has maybe been in the 60s or something, maybe I'll flip the, 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 the switch and then, and then flip the standby after the tubes had, you know, 30 to, seconds to a minute to warm up. But uh, most of the time, because I live in Arizona, the house is always in 70 something degrees, whether it's the winter time, it's like 73. And if it's the summertime, it's like 73. We keep the temperature, you know, like most people, we keep our temperatures pretty standard in your home. Uh, so I just flip the switches. My Princeton doesn't have a standby switch. And I know that's a lower wattage and all that stuff. But as we all know, it gets confusing because some 15 watt amps have standby switches. Some don't. There's all kinds of reasoning for that. We don't want to go into that on a little live show. But uh, but to answer your question, I don't know if it's snake oil or if it's real. I can just tell you what I do. And I'm not really habitual about how I do it. In fact, my Marshall Silver, Silver Jubilee, um, I just flip, I because it, I just leave it. I leave it in the mode I'm in and I just turn on and off the switch and I haven't put the middle to standby. So. All right. And Henry Velasquez, Velasquez, Velasquez. I'm saying that wrong. I can hear it already in my head. It's wrong. I'm just going to say Henry. Henry says Strat Deluxe Roadhouse 17 or Strat Player Series 18. So he's talking about 2017 versus 2018. These questions are are weird because they're they're good questions, but they're tough for because I, I don't know. You know what I mean? What are you doing? I can just tell you. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I like uh, I like the Player Series, but I like the Deluxe better. I think the Deluxe Roadhouse is a better guitar. More features, more quality. Probably more money. So there you go. All right. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we're going to call it. It's a good, good show. We went a little extra today, but there was a lot of us and we had a lot of great questions. Uh, before I go, I will make sure I didn't miss any real, real quick. If I miss any, like I said, I will pen them and do them next week. Uh, and we have, okay, we have a quick one real quick. All right. Ready? Uh, we have Lawrence Stoll says an F harp has a, a flat in the key of C lowered seventh. That's, that's good to know. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. It's good to know. Um, okay. David Gibson says, can you recommend a bass preamp that I should buy and why could you do a review on several options of these? Yeah, um, well, I'm gonna recommend what I use, which is the Eden preamp pedal. Uh, somebody asked me about the Sansamp. I use the Sansamp. I like, I think most bass players, the Sansamp was the go-to forever and I used it and I like it. But for some reason, oh, actually not for some reason, I switched to the Eden because it has a built-in compressor. It's everything I needed in one box. I went with it, I liked it. It was cheap as all get out. I think I paid a hundred bucks for it. Um, so do do that. Great deal, great product. Um, that's my thing. What should I do a review on that? Absolutely. Why I haven't done it yet, I have no idea, but I will do that. Tanner wants to know any amps that work with Bluetooth headphones. Headphones. I've seen amps with Bluetooth. I don't know about Bluetooth headphones. I'm not familiar with the no, as far as I know, the even the boss stuff that has the Bluetooth doesn't have it. So I don't know. Tanner, I just don't know. Um, but I'm sure if, if it doesn't exist, it's coming because Bluetooth is definitely see, finding its way into all of all the amp technologies. 
So, yeah, somebody's mentioning, make sure you thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of you guys. If you thumbs up, thumbs up's good. Remember, it's uh, if you thumbs up, the world feels better about itself. <laughs> so why not do it? <laughs> what do you got? You know what? It doesn't even cost anything to thumbs up. Think about that. It's just free. Just click it. <laughs> so, um, all right. And then uh, before we go, I need to do the shout out for the people that make this happen because that's important to me. Hopefully it's important to you because I love hanging out with you guys every Friday and these people uh, definitely make that happen. Plus, we have some new ones. So I'm going to do the ones first. First is Billy Robinson. Thank you, Billy Robinson, for joining the, the patron club. Uh, Blake pa Pas Patsy. Man, I'm wrong to me. Blake Patsy. You know what it is? Because it's Blake with an L and then Patsy. I just want put an L there. Blake Patsy. Thank you for joining. Dave Reese is new. I want to thank him for joining as well. James Biles is not new, but James, I want to do a special shout out for James because for some reason, James, which I really appreciate obviously, but it's so not necessary. James donates double the amount he's supposed to. <laughs> so, um, and not that he's supposed to donate any amount. That's the crazy part. James, I just appreciate that. That's thank you, man. That was good. Uh, I, I really, I really think that. But, uh, so thank you. Kyle Mathis is new as well. Thank you, Kyle, for joining. Muse guitarist. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, I love Muse, the band. So Muse guitarist is great. Thank you so much. Sam Oram is new and Steve Hogan also very new. And thank you again. These are the new uh, patrons that have joined up to help uh, the live show, support the live show and do what we do. Makes it great. Makes it worthwhile. Uh, and I hope you guys appreciate them. And then the rest of them, I want to say hey, real quick, Jeff Howe, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, Bruce and the One Blood Wee Band, Hanner Gunson, John Jackson, Michael Shy, Justin Mabe, David Madison, Andrew Good, Anthony Desposito, Bailey Robinson. I'm going to I'm going to say the ones that just joined again, too. So, you know, uh, Blake Patsy, Bob Crosley, Bob Pickwood, because uh, I said Bob Pickwood, Wood so many times wrong before I got it right. But it's Bob Pickwood. Thank you, Bob. Brian Stewart, Carlos Patillo, Chuck Keen, Chief Squatch, Chris from New Mexico, Chris Glaze, Craig Parker, Dave Reese, Dennis Prescott, Gary Marshall, Greg Patterson, Jason Spacek, James Biles, Jane, uh, Joe Watson, John Russell, Jonathan Pickering, Joseph something, Joseph McCarthy, it moved, Kermit Jackson, Kyle Mathis, Larry Colkin, Lawrence Petros, Lee Hawkins, Lonnie Hoke, Michael Lidner, Muse guitarist, Paul Ostreich, Lewis and Alvaro from Pedal Pal Effects, Ra Ricky Robson, Robert Hedges, Sam Oram, Scott Tompkins, Steve Hogan, Tim Camacho, Tim Fa Farnsworth, Todd Flowers, and Zesty Basil Pizza. Thank you guys so much. All of you guys for watching and hanging out with me every Friday is a very, 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 very great part of my week. And thank you for joining me. And thank you guys on Patreon for supporting the channel. And as always, I hope you guys all have a great weekend. And I will see you next Friday.